Hello, and welcome back to Dinner at Giffenies with your host, Takeham Ironhoof. Tonight we'll be reading part two of The Warmth of a Slave by Bellicose B from SoFurry.com. At the end of part one, Helena, daughter to Lord Dvorak, had forced the lowly serf Pavel into her bedchambers. Through her heat-riddled state, she sees Pavel as the only solution to her problems. Pavel, however, can only think of the repercussions should the pair be found out. As with last time, before we begin, a warning. This story contains elements of non-con, which may or may not discomfort some folks. All characters are of a legal age to be doing this sort of thing, as always. Also, this story is much longer than the other episodes. Feel free to pause and come back at your leisure. The tags for this story are as follows. Bear, deer, doe, male-female, oral, vaginal, multiple species, innocence, penis, sheath, straight, slavery, licking, pheromones, non-consensual, heat, heterosexual, sex, size difference, age difference, cock worship, impregnation, winter, medieval, mating, servine, chubby, virgin, musk, masturbation, and master-slave. With that out of the way, sit back, relax, and join us as we once again dive into another universe of furry storytelling and erotica. The Warmth of a Slave, Part 2, by Bellicose B. With a movement so slow and careful that it may as well have been choreographed, she reached up towards the small clasp that held her dress across her shoulder. Her hand trembled as her fingers slid across the cool material. For a moment, she hesitated, considering what she was about to do and what it might mean for her and the surf. Then the need between her legs overpowered any reluctance she might have felt. With a swift movement, she popped the clasp free. Her dress slid down her narrow shoulders, falling into a pool above her hooves with a soft sound. The surf's breath caught in his throat. To her pleasure, his mouth hung open in shock as his eyes fixed themselves to her naked form. For Helena, it was the first time that a man had ever seen her in such a state and a small part of her was thrilled that it was someone like Pavel, a man of no consequence or noble birth. Her nipples stiffened in the cold air, and for the briefest second she saw him look there. He swallowed. Eh, you don't He finally managed to stammer. Despite all the confidence that one would expect a creature of his size to carry, his voice was quavering weak. He took a step back from her, then, clumsily reaching out towards the door. Of course he would try to flee, she thought. Moving quickly, she pressed herself up against the door's frame, barring the path with her own naked form. Pavel's face immediately looked away from her. With no other way out, the serf merely stood there by the doorway, doing his best to keep himself turned aside. As though somehow, he could still preserve her modesty simply by looking the other way. 
Quietly, he mumbled words in that sultry northern tongue. Apologies, most likely. Perhaps begging to leave. Helena didn't know. More importantly, she realized that she didn't care. Between her legs, her body was afire with want. You will not leave. She told him firmly. The confidence in her own voice surprised her. She couldn't recall ever having been so commanding with a serf before. Distantly, she recognized how unlike herself she sounded in that moment. Do you understand me? Pavel said nothing in response. His massive body shook gently, although he made no sound. He still refused to look at her. You will not leave. She repeated. You will stay, Pavel. That is an order. Again, nothing. Pavel, look at me. This command he seemed to understand. Helena suspected that the serf had served her family for decades, and it seemed as though the long years of Pavel's service had made him into an obedient slave, if nothing else. Slowly, with a miserable expression, the bear turned his head back towards her, eventually raising his eyes to meet her own. With his gaze firmly held, she repeated herself one last time for emphasis. Stay. This time, Pavel nodded. Satisfied, Helena slowly pushed herself free from the doorframe, taking her time to make her own way over to the bed. The smooth linen still reeked of her heat, but it wasn't an unpleasant scent now that she was indulging in it. She leaned back against the vast, sumptuous expanse of her pillows, relaxing, before turning her gaze to meet the serfs. He looked back at her with a hollow expression. Annoying, she thought to herself. He ought to be more grateful. I could have chosen anyone for this, a prince or a lord, and yet he's still looking at me like that. Perhaps if things were a bit more even. Now she said, gesturing with a finger. I want you to take your clothes off, Surf. Her words were met with a blank, vacant stare. She'd expected surprise, or at least something along those lines. But then she chided herself silently. Of course, he probably just doesn't understand. She reiterated, a slight strain of impatience now tinting her voice. Your clothes she repeated, pointing at his own garments. Now. That he understood. A slight trembling shudder of pleasure ran along the length of the doe's spine as she saw the look of disbelief on his face, and then the defeat. He was hers, she realized. She owned him. All of those muscles, all of that power, and yet... Pavel couldn't muster even a drop of resistance to deny her. He was bigger than her, stronger than her, and more powerful than anyone else currently in the keep in almost every way, except the one that mattered. A devilish smile swept across her fair features. If she wanted to, she realized that she could end his life with just the mere suggestion of what was occurring between them. A word or two in her father's ear would be all that it took. 
The power thrilled her. Strip. Helena said again. Her voice dripped with newfound confidence. Now. Slowly, hesitantly, the bear obeyed her command. With a rolling shrug, he shucked off the last tattered scraps of the burlap vest which covered his shoulders. He kept his eyes lowered while he worked, fixating them on some imperfection in the floorboards while he pulled one beefy arm free and then another. When at last he'd fully removed the garment, the brawny serf looked around himself as though he were unsure of where to put it. The old bear seemed reluctant to even insult the floor with the filth of his clothing. Without an obvious solution present, he simply held it in one meaty paw, standing bashfully with his other arm draped across his chest. A look of shame was stamped upon his muzzle. The vest had hardly hidden anything before its removal, but Helena was still gratified to be able to see her servant's body without it. He was a marvel of masculinity. The wide expanse of his chest was covered in a thick forest of rough, russet fur, with a denser patch of darker hide that sprouted up from between the firm, imposing mounds of his pectorals and trailed down the line of his gut. The faintest hint of Pavel's nipples, thick, dark mounds of flesh, could be seen amongst the thicket, with the cold, no doubt, causing them to peek out from the crest of his chest. Further down, Pavel's prodigious belly hung just over the waistline of his trousers, its dark fur speckled with flecks of gray. It wasn't the sort of paunch that the fat, spoiled nobles of the capital bore. His came solely from his bruined nature, a wall of muscle and thick padding that helped him survive in the frigid winters of the north. Even if he hadn't found the nerve to deny his mistress, Pavel was still very uncomfortable with her ogling. He moved those shovel-like paws of his in a futile gesture to cover the exposed fur of his chest. Atop his broad, graying head, his ears splayed to the sides in an obvious display of distress. Lojosta, he begged her softly. His low, rumbling voice sounded ridiculous in pleading tones. Standing there in such a humble and ashamed pose, Pavel seemed almost like a giant dog who had been chastised for chewing on the furniture. Nidelia. Nidelia Otoyo Sodmoy. The breeches as well. Helena said, interrupting his protest. Now that he'd been with her for some time, Pavel's scent was finally getting to her, and she wanted to hasten things along. The old surf smelled like pine and sweat, with the brisk cold of winter and the heat that one sought to escape. She wanted to wrap herself up in his warmth and savor it until the long frost had passed. God above. She wanted everything from him, and she didn't care what it might cost him. The breeches, she repeated, this time gesturing towards the careworn pants that clung to his thighs. The garment had clearly been made when Pavel was much younger and smaller. It was torn in several places, and the cheap fabric strained to contain the heavy musculature of his legs. Between them, a promising bulge attracted her gaze, and she felt the space between her thighs tighten hungrily as she eyed it. There was a brief pause of hesitation as Pavel considered her command. 
He even dared to look her in the eyes momentarily, but it was a fleeting, fleeting glance. Whatever he saw in her, it didn't suggest that there was any room for argument. A deep, anxious sigh rolled out from his chest, and then he obliged. Gulping audibly, he brought those big paws of his to the waistline of his breeches and tugged them down. Oh, she said, her eyes widening. Goodness, is that what it looks like? Helena had never seen a man's body in any sort of intimate light before. Of course, in the years of her budding maidenhood, she had watched a few of the laborers at work in the summertime, their shirts tossed over their shoulders or tucked into their belts as they tended to the courtyard gardens. She remembered staring at the muscles of their tawny bodies, their hides glistening with sweat, and the flush that went across their cheeks as she admired their forms. She had read long, steamy stories in the letters of her friends from the capital regarding their escapades with the sons of nobles and couriers from faraway lands, but the details were always scarce. Here before her, she finally saw the truth of what males were. Like the horses and dogs that her brother took out to hunt, Pavel had a sheath that poked out from just beneath the line of his belly, fat, squat, and slightly rounded like the rest of him. It sat amidst a dense bush of dark curly pubic fur that covered his lower belly and inner thighs. Below his sheath, a pair of full, heavy-looking testicles kept close to his body. Even from the bed, the scent of them struck her like a tidal wave, and she sucked in a deep breath of it without a second thought. The sound she made then seemed to frighten Pavel. Almost immediately, he covered himself with the paw that held his vest. A look of terrible fear swept over him. Pajosta, he repeated. Please. No. Utepechechka. She couldn't care less that he was afraid. After what she had just smelled, after what her body had told her, she couldn't brook any argument. Rising off the bed, she stood and approached him, dropping to her knees. The fat, heavy-looking mass of his sheath jutted out from below his belly towards her, and without hesitation, she pressed her slender snout forward, burying it in the space where his sheath met his testicles. Her cold, wet nose caused him to shudder slightly, but otherwise, he stayed perfectly still. Up close, the scent to him was unreal, primal, earthen, saturated in masculinity. It stuck to the back of her throat as she took in deep breaths of him, moving her nose along the length of his sheath to take it all in. Her lips parted, and without thinking, she kissed him there, raking her snout through the dense bush of his pubic fur. Her lips graced across his sack, huffing softly, like an addict. Please, he stammered again from above her, helplessly. His massive paws were bunched at his sides. Please. She ignored him. By now she had gone too far to simply let him go. Horrible as it was, she knew that she had all the power here. As though to prove it to herself, she reached towards him then, feeling the bear's body seize up and go rigid as her hands groped at his testicles. The weight of them was simply unbelievable. 
They were like two fat stones, dense and solid, spilling out of her palms. Leaning forward, she kissed them both for no other reason than because she could and because she felt the desire to. For a time, Helena did nothing more than simply satisfy herself with the scent of her surf, indulging in his body as though it were fine luxury. Her lips and nose traced every inch of his genitals, feeling the coarseness of his fur and reveling in his heat. Between her legs, a veritable puddle had formed from her own eagerness. The thought of it brought new ideas to her, and the scandal of it nearly made her breathless. Giving one last puckered kiss to the thick, wobbling flesh of his sheath, the doe stood back up, grinning mischievously as she pulled Pavel back along with her to the bed. There, she laid back against the soft expanse of the pillows and spread her legs. Pavel's eyes widened as he looked down at her. She could see the reflection of her folds in the light of his eyes. Touch me, she said. Taking his vast paw in her hands, she brought it down between her thighs. He resisted for a moment, just long enough for her to realize how truly powerful he was. But then he relented and looked away from her as his paw finally connected. A low sound escaped from his muzzle as his palm was pressed against her lips. Shame, perhaps. Fear. Helena could care less. The touch of another person there was a delight she had never imagined, and she threw her head back in pleasure as she forced his palm against her, harder. She used him much like she had the cloth, only finding far greater satisfaction from him than any mere fabric. Wrapping her legs around the massive bulk of his forearm, she moaned shamelessly. Wet sounds emanated from between her thighs. She told herself. She looked up from her ecstasy and did her best to ignore the distraught look on Pavel's weary face. A part of her remembered that he was just a serf. He was, if nothing else, there to serve her. This is what I needed. Pavel had never been with a woman before. It was one of about a thousand thoughts that had gone through the old serf's head when Lady Helena had first brought him there to her chambers and stripped to her bare fur before him. That, and the thought that he would surely, almost undoubtedly, be executed just from being in the same room as her in such a state. He could hardly be blamed for his utter lack of arousal. He was staring his own death in the face. It was the fear of such death which froze him then, and which had prevented him from fleeing earlier, when he knew that he should have. It was the same fear that had rooted him in place the day his father died, the fear which had allowed him to be captured, and the fear that had forced him to remain a slave. Fear. He knew that the young lady was in heat, and that the condition must have driven her to this absurd course of action, and yet that knowledge didn't help him in the slightest. If they were caught now, no one would believe that story. They'd put the blame on him, he knew it. There was no question. As he stood there by her bedside, with his massive palm pressed between her slender legs, Pavel occupied himself by considering the myriad ways that he'd be punished for this transgression. Lashes would be the least of his concerns. Looking away from the act didn't make things any easier either. He could still hear everything.
all of those wet, slick sounds and the smell. The stench of her heat grew worse with every passing moment. His palm was already sodden with her fluids. It coated his fingers, stuck to his claws. He was certain that he'd reek of it long afterwards. All the while, Helena writhed and moaned softly on the bed, clutching at his wrist desperately, moving his paw this way and that. He allowed it. His life was in her hands. Briefly, the old bear turned to look down at her, at her soft, rapture-possessed features. For a moment, he recalled the memories of her as a fawn, as a small, gentle thing playing in the gardens, with no hint of the faults of adulthood. But there was nothing of that in her now. The doe opened her eyes, meeting his gaze. There was no innocence there. Awful, she said softly. Her voice was low, husky, as quiet as she could be to avoid the prying ears of the maids. Her hands moved his own, raising it to the rest of the flat of her lower belly. Her fur was so smooth, softer than anything that his rough hands had ever touched. I want you to kiss me now. Pavel's ear twitched. He understood enough of her words to get what she meant. He had never experienced a woman in that sense before, but he knew very well what it was she was talking about. He had seen it himself, with soldiers and women from the village, hiding behind barns or doing the act under shadowy brush. Perhaps there was a time, long ago, when he might have even envied them. Now, Lady Helena was asking it of him, commanding. No. He said bluntly, We're we not married. It was a weak excuse. Pavel knew it, even as he said it. His paw was dripping with her fluids. What did a kiss matter after such a thing? Helena didn't seem to care for it either. The doe merely rolled her eyes, pushing herself up on her elbows to lean towards him. At the same time, she pulled on his paw, drawing him down. As before, he resisted, but only briefly. This isn't right, he told himself. Even as he drew his head down to her level, he could feel the warmth of her breath on his graying muzzle. It tasted sweet, like cream and berries. Not like this. By me. What have I done to deserve this? The kiss was as might be expected when considering the inexperience of both parties, a brief and muddled affair. Their lips met with a soft, subtle connection at first, before eventually hardening, with Helena soon gaining confidence and pressing her muzzle up against his own. Pavel stayed very still throughout the exchange. His mouth failed to move, and so Helena made up for it with desperate motions, sucking at his thick, ursine lips weakly lapping at him with her tongue and huffing against his whiskers. She had her eyes closed, but Pavel didn't. She deserves better than this, he told himself, looking down at her. It's not her fault. She's in heat, and her family is not here to take care of her. She doesn't know what she's doing to herself. To us, 
Hobble's paw moved on its own then, coming up to cup gently at the doe's delicate chin. Then, lifting her head up by the slightest of angles, he opened his maw and kissed her properly, imitating what he had seen so many others do over the long course of his life. Considering the size difference between them, it would have been unfair to call it anything but a ravishing. Helena trembled and made a soft sound of joy as their tongues finally met, and Pavel loomed over her, locking his jaw with her own. He felt her confidence melt under his touch. How long he held her there, kissing her, Pavel never knew. Eventually, it was he who broke the contact, drawing away by a fraction and leaving a thin line of saliva between their lips. He pulled away slowly, looking down at her with concern. If anything, she was more of a mess than before. Her skin was flushed. Her fur was damp with sweat. She panted against his muzzle, and down below, she had made a truly terrible mess of the sheets. Her vulva was engorged, angry-looking, even to Pavel, who had no experience with such things. He frowned. He said. She looked back at him with confusion, clearly not able to understand. He pointed down between her legs. No good. She seemed to understand that, if little else. Leaning back up towards him, she wrapped her thin arms around his torso, breathing against his furry chest. She was absurdly warm. If Pablo didn't know better, he'd have thought she was suffering from a fever. Please. She begged him. Help me. I can't. can't do it on my own. Pablo didn't understand half of the words she had said, but he knew what she was asking of him. There were certain realities to a female in heat that even he recognized. Of course, he thought, I will kill either fair. If what we've done here is ever discovered. Looking down at her weak, trembling form, so much smaller than his own, Pavel's features hardened. If he rejected her, she might very well become distraught enough to punish him, perhaps even report what they've done together. If he could find the strength to meet her needs, though, to satisfy her. The bear sighed then, a long, gruff sound. He had served the family of Dvorak for decades now. What was this but one more service? Perhaps his own father would have found it ironic. He rumbled quietly, leaning down to speak into her long, soft ears. Unto the bed. Now. Prying her from off his chest, Pavel eased the doe onto her back before kneeling there by the bedside. From there, his snout was leveled at her thighs. She watched him warily from her place amidst the pillows as he then spread her legs, crimson beneath her fur. Vulnerable. She parted easily for him. For a moment, Pavel merely stared at the sight before him. He tried his best not to appear surprised, but this was just as new to him as it was to her. Wrinkling his nose, he pressed forward gently, hesitantly, 
and recoiled when she stiffened at the first contact of his cold nose pad. But no, she was just sensitive, he realized. He pressed in again, this time to a different reaction. She moaned when his lips finally pursed against her. Even with the difference in their species, the scent of estrus was still an exceptionally powerful force, and it struck the surf in ways that he was wholly unprepared for. Very swiftly, his tentative, nervous explorations of her body grew bolder, more desirous, and soon his tongue joined the effort, sweeping across her swollen folds in broad, wet strokes. Further up the bed, Helena did her best to stifle herself, clutching her blankets close to her face as she held in a wide assortment of sounds. Pavel wasn't exactly being quiet on his own front either. The repeated swiping of his tongue was audible amongst the wet, fertile fields that it was delving into, and a deep, sonorous rumbling emanated from his chest. Occasionally, he stopped to swallow the excess of her fluids, and great bulges traveled down his broad neck as he drank from her. His great, clawed paws held her thighs down against the bed. This was a necessity, as her squirming would make his job a great deal harder otherwise. Again and again, he lapped at her. His mobile lips honed in on whatever seemed to pleasure her most, focusing in on her clitoris or the sensitive folds of her vulva. He lost himself to the act without even realizing it, quickly becoming drunk on a taste that he had never imagined imbibing. Even if he had never known it, his body had craved such a thing for so long, and been so long denied. He reveled in it now, in her, and the old serf took his time indulging. Helena didn't stop him. Time after time, her body seized up as new and powerful pleasures shot through her, racking her slender form in powerful contractions that she had no name for. By the time Pavel pulled his face from between her legs, his muzzle was just as wet and saturated as his paw. His dull amber eyes had taken on a faraway look, and he stared at her in a way that no man ever had before. A new scent came upon them both then. Helena knew what it was before Pavel even stood. As the bear picked himself up off his knees, rising to stand in front of her, Helena's eyes widened. There, hanging ominously before her vulnerable, spread thighs, was the object that she had desired all along. Even if she'd never thought about it consciously, it seemed as though her scent had finally brought Pavel's body to attention. His firm ursine shaft at last stood proudly from its sheath, anchored down by its own weight so that it pointed directly between her legs directly at her, as though it was an accusatory finger pointing blame. The young maiden had no concept of what was large or small for a male, and consequently, she had no idea whether Pavel was considered above average for his species. All the same, his cock looked monstrously thick to her, thicker than her own wrist, perhaps even her forearm. She had never imagined that such an organ could inspire fear, and yet, that's what she felt as she looked down at the massive, throbbing organ between his trunk-like legs. I'm responsible for that, she thought, her ears flattened against her skull. As much as her mind told her to be terrified, her body screamed for him in other, far more persuasive ways. Down below, her belly contracted powerfully as the scent of him 
strong and virile, washed across her inexperienced nose. It steamed off from his flesh in waves, practically visible in the chilled air of the room. Surely you can make this work, her body told her. Swallowing nervously, her eyes flicked further down, narrowing in on the weighty globes of the bear's testicles. Each oar was nearly as big as her fist. This is what you need. Take it. It's yours. He's yours. Looking up into Pavel's eyes, she could see that the surf was just as frightened as she was. It was, truth be told, a ridiculous expression on such a powerful figure. It seemed almost ludicrous to Helena that such a hulking, masculine creature could look so timid and be so obviously aroused at the same time. Pavel's ursine shaft throbbed visibly from his erratic heartbeat, leaking a prodigious stream of pre-seed onto her sheets. She could feel the warmth of it even from the bed. She wanted it. Tepercresna, he said softly, or as soft as his gruff voice could allow. Helena had no idea what it meant, but the look that he gave her spoke volumes. Pity. Fear. Adoration. She only then realized that, for Pavel, this may also have been a time of firsts. Leaning forward, she carefully took his broad paw into her own and pulled him onto the bed. The frame groaned and cracked as his massive weight settled onto it, but she didn't care. His warmth swallowed her, and she took it gratefully, wrapping her thin arms around the bulk of his chest as he crawled atop her. There seemed to be no end to him, and by the time he had aligned himself with her, her muzzle was even with his chest. His hips were so wide, she doubted she could even wrap her legs around him. Her sight was covered now by a field of dark, gray speckled fur. She could see nothing of what went on below her waist. It didn't matter to her. She trusted him. Burying her nose in the dense, thick fur of his chest, she kissed and sighed against every bit of flesh that she could reach, drawing shudders from his powerful frame whenever her lips brushed against his nipples. Between her legs, his shaft throbbed impressively, pumping out a dense surge of thick, viscous pre-seed onto her waiting folds. She clutched him close. Read me. She begged. She didn't know if he understood. Miscommunication would be the hallmark of their intercourse, it seemed. It didn't matter. He answered her with the strong, smooth motion of his hips, and all words were silenced as the massive log of his flesh pressed against her, sliding his heat and weight up against her vulva. Together they made sounds of pleasure, neither having experienced such a sensation before. He didn't penetrate her. Perhaps he couldn't, she thought. Perhaps that was too good to be true. Holding himself up by his brawny arms, Pavel instead merely thrust it against her, grinding his shaft against her sensitive lips and using the slickness of their combined fluids to temper the friction. With each push, his cock slid against her folds, ending with the soft, heavy plap of his testicles as they slapped up against her perineum. The rough fur of his sheath scratched to her inner thighs. Nothing about the act of their lovemaking was romantic or even truly intentional. Helena knew that she was doing only what her body told her to do. 
and acting on instinct alone. Although she couldn't tell for certain, she suspected Pavel was doing the same. Without experience, they had only each other to rely on. She guided him with her touch, letting the hike of her fair voice acknowledge when he was moving correctly, whispering praise, even if he couldn't understand it. His body rocked above her, back and forth. Hot, musky sweat dripped from his hide. Occasionally, she reached up to touch him, her delicate hands traced across the bunched tissue of his scars, raking through his dense fur to feel the explosive power of his muscles as they expanded and contracted. Despite his size, his body seemed just as sensitive as hers, and she marveled at his every shudder and rough gasp as her fingers brushed through certain points. Reaching down, she felt his shaft as it slid across her, cupped at his cub makers. His body tensed at first, and a particularly strong gush of pre-seed oozed from him, marking her lower belly. She reeked of him now. Yeah, yeah, pachizakanshu, he rumbled. His hips trembled, and his cock slid messily atop her as he erred in his thrusts. Abruptly, Helena realized that he was probably feeling the same sort of pleasures that she was. That rush, that contraction of muscles, that overwhelming feeling of giving in that made her see spots and lose her breath. She had lost track of how many times he'd given her that same sensation. A weary smile crossed her fair features as she thought of him feeling it as well. She reached out with both her hands, one cupping at the thick, blunt head of his shaft, the other going up to thumb at the dark, raised flesh of his nipple. It's okay, she whispered up to him. Gently, she stroked him, drawing new shudders from his body. Her thumbs eased in slow circles around his erogenous zones, mimicking the same movements that felt so good on her own body. It feels good. Don't be afraid. Pushing downward, she eased the tip of his cock back against her folds. His form went rigid then. He must have felt it, must have realized how close he was to taking that next step. Helena herself had no idea why she wanted it. She simply did. Her only regret was that she couldn't kiss him when at last the thickness of his tip eased inside her. It wasn't by her own strength that he finally entered her. Without warning, Pavel's hips suddenly flexed. It was a surprisingly subtle movement, but enough to push his length inwards by the slightest of increments. A burning ache, flush, wet pain. And then he was inside of her. She couldn't imagine that it was more than a few inches, but still inside her nonetheless. She could have taken a lifetime to adjust to him, but there was nothing else to it. The tightness, the intimacy of that final breach, it was enough. Pavel came inside her almost as soon as his shaft found purchase within her body. She felt his release on a number of levels, even if she didn't know what it was. The sudden rigidity of his brawny muscles, the gust of his warm breath upon her head, and the heat. Unimaginable heat, flooding into her, answering the call of her body. It felt as though the surf was pouring himself inside of her, drowning that terrible need in his seed. Pavel himself was remarkably quiet throughout the event, even as his cock continued to pulse, and pulse, and pulse within her. 
His massive ursine sack throbbed between her legs as it was emptied. Emptied into her. She could still hear him huffing above her, trying his best to stay silent, to stay still. His hips flexed with every throb, betraying his urges. He was fighting not to tear her apart, she realized. She merely held on to him as he struggled, riding it out with him. Pulse. 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 She closed her eyes, feeling him. There was pleasure and no small amount of discomfort. But she no longer felt need. When it finally ended, Pavel allowed himself one last gusty sigh. He was no stranger to the pleasures of that kind of relief. He knew the satisfaction of his own paw, after all, and done such a thing many times. But this was different. Here on top of this female, having her scent in his nose and her taste upon his lips, it felt different. Even without looking, he knew that he had made a terrible mess of her. The excess of his seed was already matting the dense fur of his crotch, and he felt it pulling down across his testicles. He had finished inside of her, fool that he was. Panic swept over him at the mere thought. Nothing could come of it, surely. He had never even heard of such an absurd pairing coming to fruition. And yet... As though to punish him, his sack clenched one last time, releasing another potent surge from his balls to settle deep inside her. Out. I have to get out of her. Pavel began to pull his hips away, only to stop suddenly. At some point, the young maid's legs had slipped over his hips, wrapping across his rear. He looked down in surprise. Helena stared back up at him. Her legs were rigid, holding him inside. We need he said urgently. He tried to tug away again, but Helena's legs remained steadfast. He knew that he could easily pull out of her if he tried harder, but the force required to do so might possibly hurt her. He was so much larger than her, far too thick upon reflection. Getting inside was already unfeasible enough as it was, pulling out without care. Throb. Again, it seemed as though his body was making up for lost time. Another gush of semen swept inside her, flowing deep within her heat-inflamed core. The thickness of his shaft kept so much of it locked inside. Pavel shuddered, knowing that it only added to his chances. What would happen if this noble woman conceived a cub? They would all know. And yet Helena didn't seem afraid. Looking back at him, her face was calm, almost relieved. Breath escaped her delicate black nose and small steamy puffs and her chest rose and fell slowly. Despite his fear, Pavel was rendered breathless by the mere sight of her. He had never before noticed the loveliness of his lady. Duty and the burdens of work had hidden it from his attention. Her hand came up to grace his haggard face, and his eyes grew heavy as he felt the softness of her touch. So delicate. Stay with me. She asked him. He nodded. How could he do otherwise? Leaning back down against her, Pavel covered her body with his own, 
curling around her as though she were the last flower to be untouched by the cold. A small, precious thing that he had no right to love like he had. He treasured the sensation. It was all that kept the fear at bay. Eventually, Pavel softened enough to pull himself free from her. In the long hours of the evening, as dinner went ignored, and Helena's brother returned from his hunt with the soldiers, the serf attended to her. Together, they wrapped themselves in blankets, ignoring the repercussions of what they had done, and booing themselves on the strange, tender feelings they'd never felt before. Outside of the noble woman's door, a lowly footman decided that he'd heard enough. Creeping away from the hall, he fled downstairs toward the chambers of Lord Malik. And with that, we conclude part two of our story. I realize that this was quite a long story, but I'm so happy that you stayed for the completion. If you would like to read this story for yourself, you can check it out at sofurry.com slash view slash 17504446. As you all noticed, we're beginning to make our production better, including new voices. I would like to take a second for them to say a few words. Good evening, everyone. It is Melody Sketch again, and I would again like to say thank you to Takeum for the opportunity to voice in this week's episode or story of Dinner at Yiffany's. It was an honor to work with Takeum on this project. Again, the way you can reach me is either on Twitter or via email if you prefer. My Twitter is at MelodySketch327, or you can reach me on my email at MelodySketch327 at gmail.com. I am open for anything at the moment, NSFW or SFW, furry or not furry related. I'm open to any business inquiries. I'm also open to voice for free or for a payment, whatever works for you. It has been an honor working with Takeum, and I'm honestly really excited to be working with him on future projects, if he will have me. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to this week's episode of Dinner at Yiffany's. Thanks, Melody. I would also like to mention that you can support the podcast through coffee. If you really enjoy our podcast and would like to show more thanks than you already have by listening, you can donate to us through coffee. KO-FI.com slash dinner at Yiffany's. Any donations we receive will be going to pay the voice actors for their work and their time. We certainly hope that you've enjoyed yourself this evening. This has been Dinner at Yiffany's with Take a Ironhoof. Good night and come again.